Good morning, good morning. Set your atmosphere to become more greater than what it is now. Come up higher with your attitude towards your thinking so it can become better now. You have the power to see greater right now. You have the power to encounter greater right now. You have the power to experience greater right now. You have the power to release greater right now. Everything you said you can see right now. And everything I'm saying is spiritual. Spiritual. I'm not talking to your flesh. I'm not talking to what your natural eyes can see. The sound that I'm setting off in the atmosphere is not for your natural ears to even hear. You have a spiritual ear gate. A spiritual vision. A spiritual hunger. You have power, authority. Continue. 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 It's so important to continue. Continue. It's so important to remember. Remember. It's so important to remain. Remain. Even if you have to remind yourself to remain. Remain. Remember to remain. Remain to remember. No one can change your day. No one can change your atmosphere. No one can do anything unto you that you don't first allow to happen. It's either yes or no for your day. Regarding everything and anything in your path for today. Either I'm going to do it or I'm not. I'm going to feel these ways or I'm not. I'm going to think these thoughts or I'm not. There is no in between. There's no way I'm going to allow my life to run so smoothly, so peacefully, so joyfully, and not care about yours. It's no way. It's like saying two homes, one is functioning and one is not. One is balanced and one is not. What do we do with that? We release the answers. Releasing the answers. Many are asking me. Let me first say, I have the same opportunities presented before me as you do. When it comes to trouble on every side, it don't matter if it's the same detail by detail, it's still trouble. It's still bothersome. It's still there. We still have the same enemy who's trying to devour us. Devour us in so many ways to steal what God's given over to us, to kill us, to destroy us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Destroy our confidence, destroy our positive way of thinking, to take our praise. Take out giving of thanks. And release unto us complaining, distress, confusion, division. 
And here come God. We are never destroyed. We are never forsaken. We are never struck down. Because we are never forsaken. We are never alone. Because we are never forsaken. Above all things, above all things, above all things, above all things, because we're never forsaken. My day is what I say it is, and I say what my father say. This is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So how can I rejoice by commanding my day and decreeing my day? So shall it be established unto me, because I am never forsaken. Trouble on every side, but we are never forsaken. Stay focused. You change your own atmosphere. There are angels that are dispatched before you. The whole kingdom is with you, before you, all around you, in and through you, backing you up. You'll help. You are fully equipped because you are never forsaken. It don't matter if you constantly have to check your attitude. Just keep checking it. Because you are never forsaken. Stir yourself up. It don't matter if it's every two seconds. You're trying. Because you see the bigger picture. To keep on trying. You're not making up poor excuses. You're continuing to try. But why are you trying? Be honest about it. Do you believe God fully or partially or most of the time? Are there limits to your believing in your God? Be honest because he already knows. But when you know you are never forsaken, when you know that God is before you, when you know that you are seen in heavenly places, when you know you are a joint heir, when you know you are sitting on the hill that cannot be hidden. When you know who you know, what you know, due to who you know, you will never feel forsaken. There's no way that we're going to sit here and entertain anything to have us to feel as if we're forsaken. God don't forget anything. God sees ahead of time, ahead of when you see, ahead of you. Even though he provides us the visions and the dreams and the prophecies, he don't show you everything. He don't tell you everything. He don't expose everything. Because he wouldn't be filled with wonders if he did. God is full, full, full of love. Full, full, full of grace, full, full of mercy, full, full of his own faithfulness. Everything about him is presented back to him. And that's how you know you are never forsaken. You set your own atmosphere. No one can set the atmosphere for you. Many of the times you want to be around people and attach ourselves even unaware to people's lives that are running smoothly and that are well balanced. 
But God want to get yours in order individually. So you can have whatsoever you say. Because you say now what he's saying. But if you say what he's not saying, you're not going to have what he's saying. Because you're saying something different. But no, you are never forsaken. The answer is to the questions that you and I get. How come they're still smiling? Because I'm not disturbed. I'm focused. I'm not moved. I'm not looking no other direction. I'm stirring myself up. I'm getting up to pray. I'm denying my flesh to tell my spirit man yes. You overrule. And not the other way. Staying convinced. Staying fully persuaded. Reminding myself. Due to me remembering who I am. By the teachings that God provided before me. Using you and everything else he wants to do. To use. To release. To restore. For he did redeem. Hallelujah. We are never forsaken. Don't even focus on anything natural right now. Everything is spiritual right now. God's glory is spiritual. His power is spiritual. His strength is spiritual. His might is spiritual. His faithfulness is spiritual. And when you receive a spirit to spirit, it manifests in the natural. There goes the glory. There goes the honor. There goes the praise. For we are never, ever, never, ever forsaken. Know that you are never forsaken. When it comes to your home, I'm never forsaken. When it comes to my bills, I'm never forsaken. When it comes to my children, I am never forsaken. When it comes to my marriage, I'm never forsaken. When it comes to my family, I'm never forsaken. When it comes to my abilities, I'm never forsaken. When it comes to my health, I'm never forsaken. When it comes to my limbs, I am never forsaken. When it comes to my heart, I am never forsaken. When it comes to my thoughts, I am never forsaken. Never forsaken. Never forsaken. Never forsaken. Never forsaken. I have never seen a righteous man forsaken. And you are a righteous man. And the prayers of a righteous man. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man. James 5, 16. Of a righteous man. Avail of much. Because you are never forsaken. You got to be confident. Be bold to be confident in your walk. Today. Today, don't look at what you don't have. Look at who you are. You are never forsaken. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. Take them off your ability to have a better attitude. To receive a better day than yesterday. Stop asking so many questions. Stop being upset and complaining about what you don't want to do that you have to do. And give God praise for you being here to do. Because many did not wake up this morning, but you did. He did not wake you up to complain. He did not wake you up to feel forsaken. You're a righteous man. You're a righteous man. It's no way, there's no way a person don't live unto God. You finish though that they're living better than you. When you are prosperous, 
because you're looking in the natural due to your prosperity. You are never forsaken. You are never forsaken. And as I'm speaking to you, speaking into you, the angels that are surrounding you are cheering for you, cheering you on because these words are being sown in your spirit because these words are true, these words are life, these words are God. You are never, ever, never, ever, will never, ever, have never, ever, and will never, ever, ever, ever be forsaken. No matter what it looked like, I will never be forsaken. No matter what it sucked, I will never be forsaken. We want to compare, to compete, to try to destroy, being used by the enemy, but we will never be forsaken. I don't compare my home with yours. I don't compare my relationship with my child with yours. I don't compare my walk with yours. Because neither one of us will never be forsaken. God has shown me a plate and utensils. We about to dine. We about to dine. He prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Now guess what's going to happen? Why he do that? You're about to suck with him. Because here comes your reward. You have overcome. You overcame all of that that came your way. Now it's time to suck with your father. Now it's time to suck with your God. Now it's time to suck with your friend. Now start to suck with your beginning. Now start to suck with the person who was spoken for your everlasting end. What do you, what do you think happened when you prepare a table? Prepare a table for what? What are you going to do at the table? Just look at it. No, you about to suck. These are the greater works. That everything in the Bible wasn't able to be documented. It's too much to be documented for one book. But here come God with a fresh revelation. It's good to preach from the book because there is a living word of God. But God is always currently saying things that we're not even aware. But he's still the same. Because you're going higher. You're going higher. So your conversation with God comes up higher. He's not going to keep saying the same things to you if he don't have to. Because you have came up higher. He prepared a table for you. You're about to sup with him. I see the plate. I see the utensils. You're being served. He's being served. You're about to sit there and enjoy everything he's about to say to you because you have overcame. And that's what happens when we overcome every obstacle. Due to whatever God is about to have us walk and step into. Every area you have to sup at a table when you overcome. To receive your reward due to the persecution trying to keep you from getting to that point and that place. But because of his mercy, you are never forsaken. I thank God. I thank God my life has been and is the way it is. I used to regret everything. If I couldn't erase my whole past, I would just wipe it out. But look how many times I sat at the table in a present. You know what, somebody? Come on, now I'm going to throw a ball. Throw my gym ball. Look how many times 
It don't matter if you had scars on you. You still sit, must suck. You know what? You know, here go the ball. Here go the ball. Here go the ball. Here go the ball. Sweating blood. And there's no way you can naturally sweat blood. But spiritually, you can sweat blood. That means you are really bothered by this thing. But I'm overcoming it. I'm overcoming it. I'm overcoming it. It don't feel good. It hurt my Lord. It hurt my Lord. But I'm still here. I'm about to go in the ring. I'm in the position to go in the ring. I'm about to knock every demon out. Regarding this matter. And how do I knock them out? With my praise. With my giving of thanks. With me stirring myself up. Because I will never ever be forsaken. I'm standing the game. I'm not quitting. I'm not walking away. Many walked away from me. Many turned their backs on me. But I'm still here, my Lord. I'm still here, my God. And look at you. Supping every time. Every time. Knees may be scarred from praying so much. But guess what? You're still at the Lord's table. Sometimes you can look at other lifestyles and it looks so sweet on the outside, doesn't it? You can't be moved by that. God stamped that for me a long time ago. And the enemy tried to get me to go that direction. But having people trying to buy me. What I have is greater than what you're trying to offer. Get thee behind me, Satan. What I have is more than this. What you have is more than this. Anything natural. That's why God say, let your hearts not be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. You have a heavenly account. And you know how you draw from your heavenly account? By standing. Seeing it through. As you sit at the Lord's table. Which he already prepared before you in the presence of your enemies. Satan gotta watch you suck with God. Satan gotta watch you overcome that thing. Satan watching you say yes. Satan watching you stir yourself up. Satan see your determination. Satan see you rising. Satan see you shining. And it's nothing Satan can do better but watch you. In the presence of your almighty God, which is also his God. God is also still his creator. And he created his final destination, which is hell that's already available. The same way heaven is already available, Christ already prepared it. Hell is already prepared. But until judgment day, he's in the pit. And until judgment day, we're here on earth. Where both worlds, both worlds, excuse me, meet. The middle realm. The middle realm is so important. It's created for us to release, you know, the first realm. Here. And we go back. That's our final destination. But until then, release that here. Your altar is wherever you step your feet on. 
Your altar could be in your bathroom for rededication. I'm trying to tell you. It could be in your shower. It could be in your kitchen. Wherever you want to rededicate your life and repent. You don't have to wait for Sunday to do that. Because what's going to happen between, you know, Monday through Saturday? Wait until, and it's not even promised to you. But God said, confess your faults. Be led to do that. Be led to confess your faults. The Holy Spirit will use you what to confess to who to confess to. Because everybody not ready to hear. Everybody don't have ears to hear what you have to confess. Especially those who walk in denial. Walk with excuses. Walk, walk with a religious mentality. Like they don't never make any mistake. Any mistakes. And people who walk around thinking they don't make mistakes. Like they're so well put together. And they know they're not behind the scene. But they dress it up so well for you to see as if they don't on the scene. And we can see, you know, the curtain is exposed every time. Don't ever strive to be the greatest. You can never be the greatest. Never. Because each generation gets greater and greater and there are no limits. The greatest, that's a limit. Strive to have a great name. Have a great name. Don't be known for a person that's a thot on the weekend and a person who wants to be a saint on the, you know, doing service. Don't be known for being a person who drink with these people and go around these people and act like you don't. Don't be a person who have a nasty attitude and then get around certain people you want to act like you know you don't. Don't have a double-minded lifestyle. Because you will be exposed. And don't try to run away to secluded places just so no one can recognize you. Because God is always there. You cannot run, neither hide from him. And all he wants to do is address that issue so he can continue to prosper you and I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are never, ever forsaken. You change your atmosphere. And what you say, that causes a shift. That whatever was set up against you, or whatever you were speaking at first, you don't want to say no more coming to pass, then speak something against it. Sometimes we speak our own, you know, destruction in the atmosphere. I don't feel like going to work today. You're not going to feel like going to work today. You just said it. That's you're going to have. That you will have. Hallelujah. I can't stand this job. You're not going to be able to stand it. You're going to hate it. You're going to, feel, you're going to be feeling troubled by it. Weighed down because of it. Be glad it's Friday because you don't work on the weekends and get pissed off on Sunday because you don't got to work the next day. That's not the lifestyle God has for you. Know that you're here not for you. But you benefit by being you. not the purpose for my house to function my lifestyle to function and prosper and to continue on looking at yours not no I'm releasing answers because I pray all day and I don't mean on my knees speaking you know a thousand words per minute no Lord I give it to you I renew my mind I rededicate my heart Lord if you see anything let me check my attitude. 
Let me make sure how I respond. Especially to negativity that's coming my way. Matter of fact, let me cast that stuff down so it won't come my way. Let me lift up my child. Holy Spirit, speak to me what you want me to do today. We want me to say, you want me to bless today. So know that you will never be forsaken. Command your day continuously throughout the day. And so shall it be established. Change your attitude. Even if it's positive, become more positive. Become more positive and more positive. There are no limits to any good thing. You're a great person, great personality, become greater. You're kind, become more kind. You're determined, become more determined. You pray, pray more. More. Don't walk around distressed. You don't have to. You're never forsaken. Even in the midst of things. It's always, there's always, there's always, there's always solutions. There's never a problem you can ever be confronted with without a solution. Even if you don't even hear word from word, detail as to what to actually do. In the midst of what do you do? Stir yourself up. Remember who you are by remembering who he is. Remembering what he can do. Remember he's the highest. Remember he's never surprised. Nothing can mark out God by surprise. Nothing. We have whatsoever we say. So speak until your day. Speak until your life. And those who are surrounded by you. God want to cause positive change in your life. Not challenges. Don't feel challenged to change. Don't feel childish to stop doing what you're used to doing to become better. And start doing things that you're not familiar with to become even better. Order is order. Without order, nothing runs smoothly. Order doesn't mean according to plan, your way. It's according to his plan. His way. It's so amazing how when I was asked to, to give a word to preach a sermon. Let me tell you guys something. There are steps naturally to preaching a sermon. Naturally. You sit, you meditate, you soak. <laughs> and whatever your spirit bad say to you. What's going on around you due to the, the higher population around you, to those you about to bless, being used by God. And then you get a scripture 
and you write down the scripture, the prayer, everything you're about to do and release, it's all written down in that order. And when I went to these places, and I was like, my God, you went exactly to plot? <laughs> they was like, yeah. I soaked, and I meditated, and they went everything according to what's on that paper. And they kept going back and look at the paper. And they said, Q, it's your turn. <laughs> oh, God. I need to laugh like that one. That's funny. That's funny to me, yeah. <laughs> now, God will give you a scripture, that, you know, to minister off of, of course. That's not all to preaching. Trust me. That's not all to pastoring. Trust me. I'm not even a pastor and I know. You know. Because we have pastors. And we observe. Because we're being fed. My pastors don't just go off a piece of paper. And they might got the scriptures to back up what God using them to release the word off of. <laughs> but Holy Spirit still going to have this way according to God's agenda. And it was like, Q, it's your turn to release the word. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where's your paper? I don't have no paper. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you don't have any paper? No. You didn't study last night? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the paper? Hold on. I'm trying to tell you I'm trying to tell you When we allow our gifts to run smoothly They become more sharper More sharper More sharper And more sharpened Seriously The entire program is on the paper Now I'm not saying don't go according to the plan If it's written down that way But don't just let that be your limit because there are no limits. You're not giving God a free place to move. Any place to move. God likes to interrupt things. And I mean so significant. Significantly interrupting things. Prophetically, according to his plan. He want to show up and show out in your home. Show up and show out when it comes to your expenses. What are you saying regarding your credit score? Are you saying you're in debt? Are you saying you owe? Are you saying you defeated? Or you gave it to him? Because you have never wronged no man as a new creation. You don't owe no man nothing but to love him as a new creation. God will make everything right because you are righteous. Everything works out for your good. Everything. When it comes to me preaching about healing, I said to God, it's amazing, Christ, how you release inventions in the earth, downloads to cope with physical pain due to our organs not functioning as they ought to. But because we release a prayer due to we already being healed, but we still live in a body that we still have to nurture and to protect and to take care of. 
And sometimes the organs can act up. From the brain cells all the way to the nerves in the feet. The entire body can act up in different ways. And God don't want to see you physically suffer. Even though you're spiritually free. So he released a coat in the atmosphere. To cope with that physical pain. But don't allow that pain. To be your source of healing. As a healer. Don't let that. That substance of that pain. That cope with that pain. Contradict what Christ done. He don't take no pleasure. See anyone suffer. Even when you get oral surgery. There is a numbness. You know for that. So you will have to feel. That incision. Even when a woman give birth. You don't have to feel. That pain. Due to the inventions. That relieve us from the pain. Even minor surgery. Major surgery. Brain surgery. Heart surgery. See when it comes to things that are temporary. When it comes to the organs dysfunctioning. Because you are healed. And you are receiving that. There is a substance for it. To take care of it. But when it comes to terminal illnesses. Like quote unquote AIDS. Quote unquote cancer. Don't you ever be a child of God. Thinking that God going to ever release a cure to cancer. When Christ got up as the cure. That's like saying Christ what you did not good enough. We need something else. That means that I'm not believing in what you're saying or what you've done because I'm looking somewhere else. I can't be moved by what my neighbor is saying regarding all their lives. I have to be stirred up and release your word over their lives and upon my life as well because it is finished. Now, I cannot release anything in the atmosphere after I took your communion knowing that it's finished and say words that are unworthily. It's amazing how he never gave a coat for terminal illnesses. Deadly illnesses. There's no natural cure to AIDS. There's no natural cure to sickle cell disease and, you know, liver disease and all kinds of things. There's no cure for that. And you know why? Because they consider to be terminal. Deadly. When God wants you to confess that no man, nothing can take my life unless I lay it down. So if it take your life, that means that you laid it down. See, he released a coat and a substance to relieve us from physical pain due to our organs dysfunctioning at the time they are, even though you are spiritually healed. And it manifests naturally. It does. Because we're still here. But those are for the things that are not terminal. For a headache. A minor symptom of a common quote unquote cold. You know, a minor backache or, you know, nerves jumping or eyes bothering you or, you know, sudden this, sudden that, that could be relieved. But still knowing who you are. You have a- 
And there are no cures to terminal illnesses because he do not want you, neither desire you, or take pleasure in seeing any of us to lay our life down. See, it's a whole different ball game from a headache to a, you know, a cancerous report. From getting a tooth pulled or having a baby to receive an epidural or receiving, you know, Niocaine to then receiving, you know, something for your sales that seem to be falling, failing. Tumors and all these things that the earth try to tell you due to, you know, those who practice medicine that you're going to die. There will never be another cure for anything other than Christ. I know that for a fact. Because all it takes is his blood. That's it. And that's a fact. Because if it didn't just take that, then it wouldn't be finished. Now would it? So if I'm receiving it, and if I'm experiencing it, that means there's something going on with my believing. Don't you think? Let me tell you how amazing this is. Let me tell you how amazing this is. For someone to say they healed, but you keep accepting what the doctor is saying, but you denying it at the same time. And this is what it sounds like to God. You said this, I'm holding on to what you're saying, but look God, they saying this. See, you took your focus off of him only. Now you let him know what they're saying. He don't care. He's God all by himself. He don't need their report to go along with his. Or to contradict his. He is the way. He is life. Only. Only believe. So why am I keep going to all these doctor's reports? Going to all these CAT scans? All these MRIs the doctor keeps sending me to keep making sure that I'm still surviving here. Until the time that he said I'm supposed to die. When I say that God is before me. Doesn't make sense. You have to deny that. Deny it. Deny it without fear. Deny it without doubt. And anyone, and anyone, and everyone who embraces lies, and that goes for all of us, you don't know that God loves you. Because in order to believe anything, you first must know that he so loved you. That he gave. Now, if you're receiving everything outside of that, you don't believe that he loved you, that he gave. Because he gave his son just for you. Now, why are you receiving that? That he so loved you that he gave. Now, why are you saying that? And it seemed like, if I'm wrong, that the medicines that they provide for the terminal illnesses make them worse. That's God gaining your attention. See, that's less of a cry if you got a headache or, you know, kidney problems. You get, you know, they got things for that. Even if you need a transplant, they got, you know, help for that. But when it comes to quote unquote cancer in the stages, and most of the time, it go from one to four, just like that. <laughs> Don't that sound like the evil one? 
trying to rush you out of here. And many of us rush ourselves out of here by laying our life down. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the pain. I'm tired of appointments. You're calling forth the pain. You're going to the appointments. You're receiving what you're supposed to be denying. And I'm not going to walk around here acting as if it's okay to do so. It's not. And I start with me. It's not okay even for me to do. And God is a respectable person. Not okay for none of us to do. It's a win-win situation. Because out of our body we're in his presence. And you finish your assignment and you finish your purpose. Because that's who you are. But why want to lay your life down when you have it fulfilled? And you can fulfill. You overrule. You reign. He's a Lord of Lords. You're seated where he sits. You're seated where he sits. So why would I want to sit myself somewhere else? Like the mother with those two sons. Go ask Christ. Can you sit on his right side? It's not my side to give. <laughs> you sent your sons to actually sit beside me? Not even knowing that you sit where I sit. There is no side beside me. I afforded you everything. Everything. You sit what I sit. Christ has elevated us. And we're trying to de-elevate ourselves. She was trying to de-elevate her sons. In the midst of elevation. No, you sit where I sit. Can they sit beside you? What? I didn't give my life for you to sit beside me. You sit on the right hand of God. Because that's where I sit. You are seated in heavenly places. Through me. By me. Because of me. Don't ask to sit nowhere else. Don't ask me to heal you. I already did that. Don't ask me to prosper you. You are prosperous. You are never forsaken. Christ felt the disconnection from him and God for the very first time on that cross. And that's why he quoted that statement. Why have you forsaken me? Because he bore sin before he conquered it. All at once. In that very moment. Before he took the keys back. Knew no sin. But had to bear that on the cross. And it separated God. God had to pull away. Even though he's still there. But Christ felt the difference. The same difference he felt. When that woman with the issue of the blood. Touched him. So he felt that virtue. And he felt that virtue leaving. Why are you forsaken? Sin separates us from the love of God. And because of Christ, we have been restored and redeemed. This is my time for now. Greater is he who is in us. I love you. I love you. We are never forsaken than he who is in the world. Enjoy this day. I love you.